Hello, welcome to the Coach's Cup. I am Sonia Green here to talk to you today about self-doubt. It's a topic that a lot of women who come to me for coaching on their imposter syndrome talk about. They talk about how self-doubt paralyzes them, keeps them from achieving the goals and the dreams that they have. And so when we coach on that, we work on changing the way they think about self-doubt. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about how you can change your self-doubt and the way you think about it as well. First, even by definition, when we hear self-doubt in our brains, that's the first place we're going to hear it. And we assume that self-doubt comes from within us, right? It's self-doubt and we hear those words, stop, don't do that. You're never going to make it. We hear it in our own heads. So it must come from us. But I don't think that's true. And people like Brendan Burchard and some other coaches that I've heard talk about this, they agree that self-doubt doesn't come from us originally. I mean, think about people when they're, think about babies, okay, in their first year of life, all the different things that they learn to do. They learn to walk, usually within that first year or year-ish. They can crawl across the room and pick things up. They can maybe say a few words. They didn't learn all of that. They didn't grow that much because self-doubt was in their brains. So I don't think we're born with it at all. I don't think it comes from us, from within us at all. We're born believers. We are born believing we can do anything. You know, how many times does a baby try to take those steps before they finally are able to walk across the room. It's not just once or twice. If that self-doubt were innate, then we would never learn to do those things. Instead, like many things that sit in our brains today, we hear, we internalize self-doubt from the culture beginning with people that we trust. In the beginning, those voices are our parents, our teachers, our mentors, even our friends. The voices of self-doubt come from outside of us. And over time, we internalize them. We take them as our own. It's the people that we begin, you know, that we trust is where it begins. And I don't blame them. I mean, we have probably instilled self-doubt in, in somebody that's been important to us, right? I hope not. I hate to think that I would still do that, certainly. But at some point, we have probably cautioned somebody. We have probably said, oh, maybe you shouldn't try that. That, that doesn't sound like a good idea. And we do it 
believing that it's a way of showing love, right? I, some people more than others, but I have known people who show love by showing concern for well-being. And so, you know, they, they feel like that's the way that they show love. And so they're always telling us to be cautious, to be careful. So self-doubt is a social construction by people who are often protecting their own expectations. Maybe they have experienced crushing defeat in some area. Maybe they tried to get a promotion or they went out for their dream job and they didn't get it. Maybe somebody turned them down and they made that mean that they were unworthy and they don't want you to feel that way. So they caution you. They're protecting their own expectations. They don't want to be hurt or disappointed by your hurt or disappointment. So self-doubt, if we start just by making that simple separation in our brains, it's not coming from me. It's coming from other voices, other people who have impacted my life in some way. You know, they say something like, you have a really good job. You probably shouldn't apply for the promotion. What What if you don't get it? What if everything gets really awkward at work? And we internalize that to mean I shouldn't because I'm not good enough. I shouldn't because I'm not going to be the best person for the job. We do it in other areas. You shouldn't eat that. That'll make you fat. So we start to doubt everything we put in our mouth. You shouldn't wear that. That makes you look kind of short and dumpy. For those of you who are not short, you maybe have never heard that one. Maybe you've heard a different one, but that's one that I've heard a lot in my life. We internalize that to be about us rather than being about their expectations, their previous disappointments. But if we can just say to ourselves, as we look in the mirror, do I really look short and dumpy or is this the way I want to look? Maybe I'm just hearing somebody else's voice there saying that. These things that other people say become the origins of self-doubt in our minds and in our bodies. And then we begin to own other people's doubt. But when we own our self-doubt, when we start owning that as our own, then what I have found is that we start arguing for our limitations. We start finding evidence. So when I question clients about why they're not applying for the job, what they give me is evidence for why they shouldn't do it. I tried it once before. I tried to get that promotion 
or I tried to lose weight or I tried to make new friends and I failed. I didn't do it. I tried it. So they think that evidence has power somehow. They think that they give that evidence that they've done it before and failed as a reason to pull back and not do it again. But when we start giving power to our limitations, we start accepting, we start expecting to fail. And if failure is a place of safety, a place where we don't have to listen to self-doubt, then these people are never going to be people who achieve their goals, right? The difference between people who achieve their goals and dreams and people who don't is how they see self-doubt. People who don't achieve their hopes and dreams use it as an excuse. They see it as a place to stop, as a place to protect themselves. Oh, no, can't go any further. The other thing about self-doubt that I just want to interject here is that self-doubt likes to stew. It likes to put off making a decision. Procrastination often originates in self-doubt. I'm just going to put it off a little longer. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to, or I am going to think about it. That's all I'm going to do is I'm going to stew on it. But in the end, it's just another form of stopping. People who listen to their self-doubt are never going to achieve their goals. The people who make their goals and dreams come true, they still have self-doubt, but they use it. They think of it as a place to learn. I think so many times we think that if we doubt ourselves, then we've already lost the battle. But high achievers have self-doubt all the time. They just look at it differently. They look at it as a place to learn. When they see self-doubt, it becomes an activator. It's like, oh, there's self-doubt. What is it trying to teach me? I want to apply for the promotion, but I'm feeling self-doubt. It's slowing me down. It's I've only got three days left and I haven't applied. What am I, what do I need to learn in this, in this self-doubt? The people who achieve their goals get curious instead of stopping. And, you know, sometimes it is just the fear of the unknown. We've talked about that a lot. But sometimes maybe the self-doubt comes from something else or someone else that has made their way into our interior monologue. Maybe, I don't know if I would be a good leader in this position. Okay, so let's get curious about that. First question is, what does it take to be a good leader? And once we know that, are there any things that I could learn more about in becoming a good leader while I'm still putting myself out there? 
So what could I learn? What maybe is it telling me something that I'm missing that I could work on for myself? And we add leadership to our goals. I want to become a better leader. What does that take? One of the things that it usually takes is experience, right? So if we never apply for the promotion, we never get the experience. But the other thing we should be learning from self-doubt is who gave me this judgment about myself that I'm not a good leader? Where did it originate Do I feel like I'm a good leader because of that time in school when I was the team captain and I screwed up and we lost the game? Because if it's coming from that, if my brain is telling me, oh, we tried being a leader 40 years ago and it didn't work out so well, so we better not do it again. Is that something I really want to listen to? What can I find about where the self-doubt originated and do I want to own that? Do I want to keep that? We get to choose. We get to choose if we want to keep that 40 some years ago failure or if we want to say, hmm, I have a lot of evidence that I'm a good leader. Look at my team at work. Look at my children. Look at my, you know, whatever. We get to choose where we draw our evidence. And sometimes our self-doubt is just pulling from something that really doesn't matter anymore. So if we get curious and we start trying to figure out where that originated from, we can decide, is that legitimate or is that just something that I've been holding on to that really needs to go? You have the power to decide that. If we stop every time we feel self-doubt, we will never achieve the hard things. We'll never achieve our goals. We'll never achieve our dreams. My husband and I taught a class for several years on literature and the law. He's an attorney. I was an English professor. And so this class... One of the things that that we it was a discussion based class and a couple of different times students would talk about being anxious for a variety of reasons in the class. And my husband would always tell them anxiety can be a motivator. So just because you're anxious about something doesn't necessarily mean you need to stop and take a break and do something to get rid of your anxiety. It may be telling you that it's time to push forward, which I thought was just a really good lesson for them. Many of them had never considered it that way, but in the same way, Self-doubt can be a motivator. It can be an activator for us to say, hey, what's going on in this situation? Let me get curious about it. Maybe there's some, some specific skill that I need to learn, that I need to put on my list of goals so that I can be better prepared to achieve the big thing. But also. 
where did this doubt come from? Where did it originate and do I want to keep it? That's how we achieve the hard things. That's how we achieve our goals. We can't give power to everyone who ever doubted us and be achievers of our goals. We have to think about the fact that we're born with the innate fortitude to teach ourselves to walk, to teach ourselves to talk, to learn an entire language in a very few years. That's the person that we want to draw from. That's the fortitude that we want to draw from, not the cultural doubts that have been pushed onto us. So when you hear the voice of self-doubt, my hope for you is that instead of stopping and quitting and saying, I can't do that. I'm not a good leader. I can't do that. I failed before. Instead, you'll think, huh, self-doubt. Isn't that curious? What can I learn from that? Is that something that I really want to hold on to? Because I'm a born achiever. I only learn to be a doubter. The most important work you will ever do is to determine your own worth by yourself, not what your parents put on you, good or bad. Not what your teachers put on you, not what your friends or your mentors, whether it's good or bad, if you're taking on somebody else's ideas, then you have to take both sides, right? You can't just say, oh, I'm just going to accept the good things that they say and never accept the bad. That's that two-edged sword there. So Instead of making your value and your worth about what other people have to say about you, whether it's good or bad, the most important work you can do is figuring out your value based solely on yourself, your self-awareness, knowing yourself. That's the real power. And when we can see self-doubt as just one way to do that one step to getting there to understanding our true worth to knowing really what we can do then we have found a really important key to growth and to the abundance that we want in our lives I hope that you have found this useful it's something that I think about often because we all do doubt ourselves that's something that has been ingrained in our culture. We just don't have to accept it. We can know who we are and what we can do despite what anyone who may have cared deeply for us has said in a cautionary moment where they're trying to be helpful. If you're looking for coaching, if you're trying to work on your imposter syndrome, work on your self-doubt, You can find me at soniagreencoaching.com. I am also on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. If you are looking for 
uh, a way to interact with the podcast. The Coaches Cut podcast page on Facebook is a great place to do that. In addition, I coach teams on issues of self-doubt because that comes up within the individuals and the teams. But I coach teams to become more productive to work through initiatives, to work through growth problems and work together. If you're interested in that, you can also reach out, DM me on any of those platforms or go to my website. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.